0: Way to the weekend, my friends, on a Wednesday, Mark Aram and the Bananas live with you till 8 in the p.m. at 7. We're going to flip the switch and do impeachment trial coverage again across the Cox Media Group radio network. We're going to have some fun for the first hour. Johnny Kilbloss will join us with a faster review. Our buddy Justin Gray from Channel 2 with a story about Blondie. Loti's favorite adult performer. Uh, nice. but we're going we're to kick things off as we do every Wednesday morning. For, Wednesday morning. It's my morning. It's your evening. Sorry. Every Wednesday evening with a little thing we call Millennial oh, Match let's Game. Let's play
1: Millennial Match Game.
2: Joining us in
0: studio, a returning contestant for Millennial Match Game, the lovely and talented Aisha. How are you, dear? Hello, hello.
3: I'm good. How are you
0: guys? <laughs> Excellent. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself.
3: Well, I work at Channel 2. yes. Um, I have my hands in a lot here so yes, I can't you, just say I do one thing. You're
0: like the female Mark Aram. Like they make you do everything.
3: I would think so. Yeah, yes.
0: exactly. Except you're way more highly compensated than Mark Aram, but
3: well,
0: you know. <laughs> you do you. And if you don't mind, how old are you? Just so we can get a, a sense of what millennial age. you don't have to get give us a roundabout. about uh, no, it
3: tell the truth i'm
0: 32 32 years young she's fantastic she's talented and i think she's gonna crush this one uh tonight's uh category longoria i think you'd do about this as well because you were a dj back in the day uh it's 80s hits so 80s songs we're gonna play an 80s song and then the contestants have to guess whether or not millennial aisha will know who the artist was very simple let's meet our contestants on the phone mark joins us on millennial match game mark tell the folks about yourself buddy
1: uh, my name is Mark, 34, work in the IT field, buried for
0: 15 years, three kids. Wait, you got married at 19? I did get married at 19. I, I We dated for three months. It's been 15 years. She must have been smoking hot for you to settle down she at 19. Still is. Yeah, I would imagine. Good job. Let me give you a little bell ring there. All right, Mark, 34 <laughs> years old, IT. Thanks for playing. You're going to go heads up against David. David, welcome to the show. Tell the folks about yourself.
4: Well, I'm David. I am 55. I am...
0: Numerous children. Been married for 31 years. So you got married at 24. I'm, I'm good at the math 23. now. 23. 23. 23. Yeah. 23. All right. Uh, yeah. Excellent. All I was right. A baby. Two family guys playing millennial match game. All right. Generally, yeah. guys, I I would tell you, when in doubt, the millennial doesn't know, but Aisha is really smart, and this is this is a category that's up her alley. Uh, music. So. Normally, I'd say, guess that she doesn't know, but I can't help you out on this one. This Let me give you an example. So these are 80 hits. Um, I'm going to play this song. Very popular song from the 80s. You would just have to guess whether or not Aisha would know the artist that's singing the song. Aisha, this is obviously... Janet
3: Jackson. Janet
0: Jackson, exactly right. So there you go. She would have gotten uh, that one right. All right, we'll start with you, Mark. You're up first. Here's the first 80s hits. Well, Millennial... Aisha, know who sings this famous song? You can't see, but I'm actually dancing in the studio right now to this song, Mark. I love this song.
4: Oh, so, so am I. It's okay. Uh,
1: but I, I am going to go ahead and say no.
0: You say no. All right. Aisha, no faith in your uh, judgment. What do you think? Okay. Wait, hold Let me hear. Let me hear. Let me. Walk like an Egyptian. I wanted to get the name of the song in there. Walk like an Egyptian. Who sings that, Aisha?
3: I'm so sorry you doubted me, but that's the bangles
0: that is the bangles oh. uh what was her name hoff the the singer Susanna hoff oh my goodness do you remember her Longorius? isn't she married
3: to wham- the guy from wham
0: i don't know that is incorrect oh incorrect that says uh, Susanna hoff was like phew, number one stunner for me all right no point mark uh i, I told you i used to sharp all right here we go david you <laughs> could take the lead here Will Aisha, right. the millennial know who sang this famous 80s tune watching you. What do you think? Will Aisha know who sings that famous song? I think she will. I think so, too. Aisha, that's a really famous song. Who sings that?
3: Thank you, thank you for your faith. That would be the police
0: that is correct good job the police two for two aisha well done all right David gets the point millennial match game continues brought to you as always by Rocco's European garage I think Mark is on a motorcycle playing this game what are you doing mark
1: uh, I just have a really loud
0: car oh all right. Well, put in you know put in neutral cruise a little bit while we're playing here all right here <laughs> we go pull over. <laughs> uh well this is your question mark will millennial Aisha know who sings this famous 80s song
5: a fight <laughs>
0: This is like, so far the every mixtape I made when I was in middle school. This, this thing. What do you think? Will Aisha know who sings that song? Oh, most definitely. You say most definitely. Down Under is the name of the song. Let me play a little bit more, Longoria. Give her a little more. You better take cover. What do you think, Aish?
3: I'm so sorry to let you down. My mind just went blank. I usually Aww. do know that.
0: Really? You don't no idea? Any guess would be good. Eighties band.
3: I know okay. Um they're from Australia. Yes. I just can't think of the name. That's I'm sorry. Right. Men at work. Men at work. Men I at knew work.
0: That. Oh, all right. So no point, Mark. I, I, was, I thought you'd get that, too. But, but I guess Men at Work's been off the grid for a while. They've been off the grid for a while. All right, end of Millennial Match Game, round one. What's the score, Deb Green? Mark Zilch, David, one. All right, uh, it's a nail-biter. It's still close. Second round of Millennial Match Game continues on the Mark Aram Show. Aisha in studio, 32 years young, works upstairs for Channel 2, does <laughs> a little bit of everything, just like me. Uh, it is one to nothing, and I believe David is up. David, yeah. 80s pop songs. Will uh, Millennial Aisha know who sings this famous 80s song? Not a hint, but my girlfriend in college looked like uh, looked like this person. Dagnabbit! I almost gave it away. Uh, all right, David, what do you think? I almost gave the uh, answer away. If you know what my girlfriend in college looks like, uh, that that would help this. Uh, well, uh, I do know what she looks like. So yes. <laughs> will right. Millennial Aisha, know who sang that song? If she does, and I'll be disappointed. I yeah, think she I think will. she'll get it too, especially since I almost gave her the answer. Who sings that song, yes. Aisha?
3: That would be Paula Abdul. That's no disappointment
0: right. here. Absolutely. Paula Abdul. All right. David's got the point. All right, Mark, you need this one to stay in the game. I'm not sure, sure about this one. Aisha sharp. But this one might be a little too far off the grid. Will a millennial Aisha know who sings this famous 80s tune? You
2: could have a big tip up, going up and down all around the bend.
0: This actually could be the anthem of the '80s. This is a very '80s song. Great song. But the question uh, is, will Aisha know who sings this? I'm hoping we finally click. I'm gonna go with no. You say no. Aisha puts her hands up in disgust.
3: We have to get on the same same wavelength. That? That's gonna be would. Peter Gabriel. Wow. I love him. I, wow.
0: I wouldn't have gotten that. I wouldn't. I would. I mean, I know the song obviously, but I would not have gotten that. I'm with you, Mark. I would have said no on that. That's not your fault. All right, here we go, David. For commanding lead, will Millennial Aisha know who sings this famous '80s tune? You know, when Low-T was uh, a punk star in Montana in high school, walking around with his spiked hair and his acid-washed jeans, this was his anthem. The question, though, is will Aisha know who sings that song? What do you think? No, she will not. I don't think so either, because I wouldn't have gotten this one. You'd be surprised. You'd surprise me if you get this one, Aisha. Who sings that song?
3: I would surprise myself. No, I have no idea. Yeah,
0: Blue Monday is the name of the song. New Order sang it. New Order. I it's my have favorite
3: that. song in the club. It's
0: a great <laughs> song, but I never would have gotten that. All right, I forgot. Did David say yes or no on that?
4: I said no. She so would no.
0: not So you get, get a point. Wow, Mark is getting pummeled here. <laughs> By the way, we're playing for two round-trip tickets to the Hunan Providence in China. That's the prize uh, tonight. the prize <laughs> tonight. <I'm> good. <laughs> I'm sure.
4: I'm good. <laughs> that's,
0: so, Mark, you might not want the prize. All right, here we go. Uh, Mark's up again. Uh, millennial match game. 80s hits. This is, uh, I'm not going to say anything. You you guess. Well, Aisha know this 80s song. Oh, yeah. That was quick and oh yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Aisha? Who sings that?
3: NWA? That
0: is NWA, which stands for I'm um, don't say, don't say on the air. Just kidding, Aisha. Just kidding. <laughs> Alright, you get the point, uh That was All Mark, on the right? Board. The mark is on the board for the two trips to the Hunan (laughs) Providence. Uh, David's up next. David, Millennial Match Game continues. 80s hits. Well, Aisha know who sings this song. No. Yeah, I wouldn't have known this either. I mean, I know the song. It's kind of a creeper song. If I touch you You once, I touch you twice. Yeah. Uh, He says no. Aisha, who sings that song?
3: It's from The Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. But I have no idea who the artist is. OMD? What does that stand for? Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, but they went by OMD. Huh? Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Really?
2: All of the John Hughes movies in the 80s.
0: (laughs) I would not have gotten that. Orchestral movements in the Dark.
2: Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Oh, maneuvers,
0: movements. All right, real quick, before the break, uh, will millennial Aisha know who sings this famous 80s song? Oh, yeah. 100%. The man of the 80s. The rock man of the 80s. Huey? Huey, I'll give it to you. Huey Lewis, that is correct. Or as Michael Scott would have called him, Bruce Springsteen from The Office. (laughs) He thought everything. (laughs) End of round two of Millennial Match Game. What's the score, Deb Green? All
3: right, Mark 2, David Ford. All right,
0: we'll close this puppy up. When we come back, 80s hits. Millennial Match Game on the Mark Arab Show brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Final round of Millennial Match Game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. I turn to Vanna White, a.k.a. Deb Green. What's the score and who's up, my friend?
2: All right, we've got Mark at two, David at four, and it is David's turn. David,
0: take this one away. You can end this game right here. These are all top ten hits in the 80s, by the way. Well, Millennial Aisha knows who sings this famous 80s song. I what do you think? Yes, I think she you will. You say yes. Who's saying that? Yeah. I would Go ahead. The Jets. That is the Jets. I would not have gotten that one. Our David, again. Uh, all right, you need this one, Mark. Uh, well, Millennial Aisha, know who sings this famous 80s song?
1: Well, I love a rainy night. It's such a sight. I love to feel
0: rain on my face. What do you think, buddy? Oh, she knew Peter Gabriel, Bob. I'm going to have to go yes. Uh, who sings this song? I'll give you a hint. I was a roadie for this guy for one night. That is not a good hint. You have no idea. You will I, not get I'm this. I'm so
3: lost on that That one. is
0: the uh, legendary Eddie Rabbit.
3: I have never heard of him. Never heard of any. Oh, Ra- wait. What? Is he from Atlanta?
0: No. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's the end of Millennium game. Well, what's the final score, Deb Green?
3: <laughs> Mark with two. David with five.
0: Uh, you know what? We're going to give them both prizes because you guys were fantastic. What did they win, Deb Green?
2: Both of you are going to check out Roger Waters' This Is Not a Drill Tour in the round. State Farm Arena,
3: August 20th.
0: Congrats, guys. Hang on cool. the line. The low going to get some info from you. you. Aisha, do you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Social media, anything?
3: Oh, um, if I don't know you, I probably won't follow you. All right, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> You did a great job. Thank, Thank you, you, uh News, weather, and traffic next. And Johnny Kilbasa with a fast food review. This is The Mark Aram Show.
3: Hey, this
4: is Louie Anderson, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. <laughs>
0: 6.39, 48 degrees on Peachtree Street. We'll call it a three and a half on The Mark Aram Show back sweat meters. A little chilly when I walk the pups today. Welcome to the show. We're going to be with you till 8, and you can listen at home on your smart speaker, just say, uh, play 95.5 WSB. 7 o'clock, we're going to flip the switch to impeachment coverage. The impeachment trial resumes. They're in a dinner break right now. Today was the first day of questionings. Andy Field from ABC Radio will join us. And we'll have our legal analyst, Ron Carlson. Before we get to Johnny Kilbasa, Chuck, I know you are heavily uh, associated with Eric Erickson and the, the resurgent. And all that good stuff. Have you been uh, keeping? Have you been watching the or listening to the impeachment trial at all? Uh, only what I have to just for it's work. Just so boring. Yeah. This. Well, I, I thought this would have been the more exciting day because we're actually getting questions. Yeah, but it's not. They hand them. Yeah. To, it's, to Roberts. I, I do like to hear as, Roberts though. Yeah. But <laughs> I do he's like about to, as dry. Yeah.
1: And like, here's the question. Yeah. I mean, he just wants to go home. You know, he doesn't <laughs> oh. want to be
0: there. I know. Well, anyway, we'll do that at 7. Uh, we'll, we'll do uh, right now. Justin Gray, by the way, is going to join us from Channel 2 in, in just a minute. But coming on early with a fast food review, it's our buddy Johnny K.
6: And now on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the fast food review. Yeah, yeah.
0: Joining us live on the greasy, salty hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight Ooh, uh, we do not want to know. Johnny Kilbasa and the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan?
1: I'm doing great, Mark Aram. I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the take. I'm covered with cheese, and I aim to please an hour early or an hour late. No
0: Johnny show. Kielbasa, oh. always, always malleable, flexible, Longoria. He's like a gymnast in that way. He's like a Bulgarian. Yeah, I can see that. 14-year-old Bulgarian gymnast. He's <laughs> Okay. He will bend and contort yeah. any way necessary for the show. Uh, what's on the uh, menu tonight there, Johnny K.? <laughs>
1: Mark, you got me all over the city all the time wondering what I can do to get through these drive throughs and give you the best thing I can do. So I haven't been to Checkers in a while. so I'm going to go down to Checkers, and they've got two awesome burgers that we haven't talked about. And uh, one of them is called the Baconzilla, which I think the name is good enough for me. And then you got the Bacon Roadhouse. So there's a lot of bacon going on there. And the Baconzilla is kind of like the bacon nader. You're going to get your two patties, and you're going to get – three slices of cheese, and you're going to get four slices of bacon on that, ketchup and mayo, bakery-style bun straight out the door. And then you got its cousin, the Bacon Roadhouse, if you don't like all that stuff. Actually, if you like all that stuff and a little bit more, it's gonna they're going to give you that much, plus some onion strip thingy that they call tanglers, some barbecue sauce, ranch dressing, and a sesame seed bun there. So somehow along the way, if you add barbecue sauce, to a burger all of a sudden you're a cowboy out on the trail <laughs> in the wild west is
0: that true so. chuck chuck grew up in montana he's definitely a cowboy if if does adding barbecue sauce automatically make you a cowboy no 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 did you it have those barbecue sauce a staple in in the mm-hmm. chuck household it is not when you're growing up yeah. no 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 so not no, even no, a no. thing nope Right. You didn't carry it in your
1: dungarees? <laughs> 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 his
0: dungarees. See, I, I did not. I envisioned Chuck's dad, who looks like Clint Eastwood, uh, making his own barbecue sauce. Like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He would not buy anything in a bar. Oh, no, no, never. Yeah. No, no, no. It was usually a series of like molasses
3: and, and, and ketchup yeah. and, and tomato and sauce. They'd and they'd make, make their own.
0: Yeah. And scalps. Yeah. Whatever else he could find. <laughs> whatever, whatever else he could find on the prairie. Uh, I, you know what's so funny? I can't even tell you the last time I've been to a Checkers. Really? I just well, there's none near me. The only one, oh, the so closest good. one, I think, is that one off of uh, Claremont and Buford Highways. That one's still open. Yeah, uh, I just I've never I I, I don't have know one less than a mile from me. We go all the time. Yeah, man. that sounds good though. What is oh. it, Baconzilla? What are you calling that thing, Johnny?
1: Baconzilla is your big Baconator type one, and then the Bacon Roadhouse is your
0: trail burger is it applewood bacon yes is it it applewood Applewood smoked smoked? (laughs) uh real quick johnny uh deb green pulled this up i know you're aware but i'm gonna tell the listeners mcdonald's for limited time is going to add chicken sandwiches to the breakfast menu nice chicken mcgriddle and the chicken biscuit uh available starting monday chicken mcgriddle yeah Ooh, that's nice wow
1: they're sweet on your meat
0: you can't have that no i can't eat that
3: those are those are okay yeah those are okay
0: uh, I like the McGriddle. Like I like the bun on the McGriddle. Yeah, um, this it, it this is apparently breakfast is becoming. Deb Green tells me one of the biggest uh, money makers in the fast food business. It was so funny. Real quick, I had to do a story today on Channel Two. They did a story about the the one of the worst intersections in Atlanta, and it was Northside Drive and Tenth Street in Midtown. And after they do the report, they want me, the traffic expert, to come on <clears throat> and and give my opinion. Like, why is this so dangerous? I'm like, well, you know, when I drive down there, you got uh, Crystal on the right and Cookout <laughs> and Chick fil A. And then on the left, you got McDonald's and Burger King. So I'm thinking people are getting through the drive through, putting the, the burger in their mouth, and they're not paying attention. And they, that didn't fly with uh, management. They're like, that's not why 260 uh, crashes happen at the intersection. Johnny K., we appreciate you as always. And? the a cholesterol, high, baby. So my, follow me on
1: Twitter and Instagram, Johnny Kobasa Rock. And listen to do 31 podcasts for 31 days. Love the sauce and talk podcast today. Podaple, JohnnyCobasa.com.
0: All things Kobasa on johnnykobasa.com. Appreciate you, bruh.
1: Anytime, bruh.
0: Via the Piccadilly text line from Doug Turnbull, the checkers on Claremont at Buford is now a smoothie king.
2: Says there's one by the world of Coke.
0: All right, we'll we'll update and have uh you caught up to date after this. This is the Mark Aram Show. Atlanta's most famous residence is a lady named Blondie, an adult entertainer that has been a legendary uh, performer performer at the Claremont Lounge in uh, Midtown Atlanta for years. I was very surprised, however, when I turned on Channel 2 Action News this afternoon and saw Blondie on TV. I credit our buddy Justin Gray from Channel 2 for (laughs) getting her on the air. Justin, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you?
5: Hey, I'm good. I just was talking to Blondie about two seconds ago as we were leaving the Claremont Lounge there.
0: Pretty crazy story. So Blondie, obviously an icon here in Atlanta, known for crushing beer cans in a certain way at the Claremont Lounge. Um, And a local company wanted to honor her by putting her name and likeness on a beer. And it seems like all was well until uh, Blondie did not get paid. Take the story from there, Justin.
5: Yes. She was actually really excited about this she she was thrilled that they were honoring her this way that they were recognizing her she even uh, took a look at the can design thought it was great Um, but then started thinking here wait where's the compensation and some friends got concerned because Blondie is very trusting she's a performer she likes to to be out there Um, her friends stepped in an attorney here and said who's profiting off of this and it's not Blondie she's not getting a dime in fact She told me she even had to go buy the beer herself just to show it to friends. Didn't even get free beers. So that is when some friends have stepped in and tried to get this company to treat her right here.
0: The company uh, is Beacon Brewing. Is that correct?
5: They're out of LaGrange. They're a startup. And as Blondie's attorney said, this is great publicity for them to tie to such a well-known Atlanta brand. Um, They shared some emails with me where they said they thought Blondie was just gifting them this, which – sort of doesn't pass the smell test a bit. They now tell us that they are going to offer her a contract for about 10% of the profits from the past profits and the profits going forward.
0: Justin Gray from Channel 2 Action News joining us on the Mark Aram Show. On the can, I saw in your report, it said it even gave a shout-out to Claremont Lounge on the can, and they were serving, Claremont Lounge was serving this beer, so obviously there was some sort of understanding like all right we're this is a partnership but uh the only one, person that got left out of the partnership financially seemed to be blondie
5: that's the thing it was a partnership an agreement we're not sure how the money situation worked between the claremont lounge and the brewing company but yeah the person who's the key figure here she just gets her face on a can gets her image used it gets no
0: compensation for it. 10% of the profits, does, uh, you just talked to her. Uh, she, she seemed okay with that or is there, this going to be an ongoing negotiation?
5: Yeah, she seems good with that. It's not just her on the can. It's her good friend and longtime co-worker Cassie as well. She said, if this was just her, she wouldn't care so much, but she felt bad for her. She said as much as anything, it's about the principle of it more than the money.
0: Not story related, but real quick, Justin, how is Blondie off the stage in her? I mean, I think you were in her apartment interviewing her. How is she, uh, You know, uh, not performing.
5: (laughs) You know, she is lovely. One of the first people I've ever had do this. She hand-wrote a thank-you note before I even left the interview and made sure to hand it to me on the way out. Of course, also signed a can for me and gave me some of her poetry. She's fantastic. She's a wonderful, spirited like true original.
0: Well, Lo T Chuck is a big beer guy, so maybe we'll get some of that beer in tomorrow, Chuck, and you could do a little yes, taste test for absolutely. us. Absolutely, uh, Justin Gray on Twitter at Justin Gray WSB. Great to have you on the show. That was a very interesting story, buddy. Thank you. Take care, Justin. Justin Gray from uh, Channel Two Action News. Full disclosure: I've never been to the Claremont. Never met Blondie. Really? Yeah, me neither. Not never once. Never seen her perform. Nope. Mm.
2: She's been in studio with us before and did her whole.
0: So, yeah. yeah. I just, uh, it's not my scene, man. None of your I mean,
6: friends be like, hey, let's go to the Claremont. Oh, all the time, oh, okay. they would say. I was going
0: to say. I, I'm, you know, by the time it's, the thought occurs to someone to go to the Claremont, it's I'm ready late. for bed. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> no, we're going go to Crystal and then I'm going to bed. I'll always choose Crystal over. Who's Crystal? <laughs> Crystal Wheeler. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> i always go to Crystal Wheeler's house. <laughs> so that was another person that danced before, there. <laughs> yeah, before the uh, shoe show. Uh, Russ joins us in lovely Gainesville, Georgia. Russ, come here a minute. I want to talk What's to up, you? partner? Uh, Not much.
4: I was at the Claremont Lounge one time. That's
0: it. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah. yeah. The night I was there, the girl scared me. Well, I think that's part of the thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's part of the allure. Real quick, Russ, we got 30 seconds. Uh, Do you have a lady partner tonight, my friend?
4: I don't. I'm alone tonight. Uh, that girl Karen, she calls me about ten times a day, but she's in Athens. Oh, and uh, my car is broken down right now. I don't know if I told you. They had to order some special part, so so you're I'm not able to go see her yet.
0: Yeah, your uh, nomadic Russ is stuck in one place. That is that's a sad sad <laughs> thing. Well, listen, we'll check in tomorrow. Hopefully, your car gets uh, straightened out and you can uh, rendezvous with. Uh, Karen, who is in the uh, classic city of Athens. Russ in Gainesville, always a pleasure, my friend. Coming up after news, weather, and traffic, we're going to shift gears and flip the switch on the Cox Media Group Radio Network impeachment trial recap. Andy Field from ABC News will join us from the nation's capital and WSB legal analyst Ron Carlson. Real quick start, the show goes to Aisha for a millennial match game. She crushed it. Uh, news, weather, and traffic next on WSB.
2: The Journal of Proceedings of the Trial are approved to date. Without objection, so ordered.
6: This is continuing coverage of the President's impeachment trial in the Senate. Today the Senate will conduct up to
1: eight hours of questions to the parties delivered in writing to the Chief Justice. Here's Mark Aram.
0: Welcome to the show and a good Wednesday evening, everyone. Mark Aaron, broadcasting live with you from WSB Radio in Atlanta across the Cox Radio uh Cox Media Group radio network. We're broadcasting live down in Florida on WDBO and WOKV, WHIO in Ohio, KRMG in Tulsa, and WGAU in Athens as we continue our nightly recap of the impeachment trial coverage. As this trial goes on, we understand that you work, you have real Lives, and you can't sit there, listen, or watch the impeachment trial. So every hour, every night for an hour, we'll recap what you missed today. And as it's been going on for uh, the last week or so, the uh, impeachment trial continues. As we're live on the air right now, any moment senators will resume questioning of the legal teams. And that's what we did today. It was Q&A day at the Senate, on the Senate floor, as the uh, opposing parties uh, submitted questions to the chief justice and he asked these questions to see what you missed joining us live from abc radio news it's andy field in the nation's capital andy welcome to the show how are you
6: sir thank you very much you know it was uh it, it was interesting watching the chief justice get handed pieces of paper and uh, ask these questions it was a little like watching wheel of fortune and uh, having vanna white turn the letters because there's really no reason for him to ask the questions the senators could have done it themselves but that's the rule so they handed the question to him and he asked the questions uh... they did have about five minutes on each side to answer the questions and he held them pretty tight to that so they could get a lot of questions in and it was certainly an interesting day in terms of uh, the questions asked and answered on the hill that was that was one of my favorite i
0: actually liked the the history of it having the chief justice uh, ask the questions i know it it might be redundant but i did enjoy that but i really enjoyed the fact that uh, the representatives uh, for the uh, defense and the prosecution, if you were, uh, they they stopped talking when the chief justice said top, stop talking. Like there was they
6: were not going over on their time in front of the chief justice. No, he you know, it, 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 first of all, it's interesting to see any. Supreme Court justice in a public setting uh, actually doing their job because the cameras are not allowed in the Supreme Court. I've been able to do it, I'm sh- certain a lot of your witness, uh, a lot of your listeners, or witnesses, they could be witnesses, <laughs> but a lot of your uh, listeners uh, have been to the Supreme Court and it's fascinating to watch it because when someone makes an argument before any of the justices, uh, they can get cut off at the knees pretty quickly. Now, uh, Chief Justice Roberts has not done that yet, but uh, you know we still have a few more hours of questions to go. Andy Field from ABC News joining us on the Cox Media Group Radio Network live from
0: Washington D.C. So, last night on the show, I was curious about where the questions were would be directed. Uh, the Democratic team would they direct questions to the Republicans or the Democrats, and vice versa? How did the questions go today? And, and give us an example of some of the things that might have been asked.
6: Well, we've seen a lot of court dramas, and we've we've seen the, uh, the people object to leading the witness. Well, in this case, the witnesses are either the president's attorneys or the house managers, and of course, that's exactly what happened. Uh, The Democrats asking questions uh, that would, of course, elicit a response that was helpful to the Democratic side, and the Republicans doing the same to the Republican side. But one of the interesting things is, if one side brought something up, if they said, oh, the president was bad because of this, or the president was good because of this, then the opposite side, the Democrats, would say, uh, "I would like uh, the other side to answer what or respond to what they just said." Uh, so it really wasn't a question at all. It was just kind of letting them have their own debate up there, which was an interesting procedure as well. One of the headlines that I saw from
0: this afternoon, I'm going to play some audio here, was what uh, the president's attorney, uh, Alan Dershowitz, said about quid pro quo. Uh, this is from earlier today on the Senate floor.
2: They never allege that it was based on pure financial reasons. It would be a much harder case if a hypothetical president of the United States said to a hypothetical leader of a foreign country unless you build a hotel with my name on it and unless you give me a million dollar kickback I will withhold the funds. That's an easy case. That's purely corrupt and in the purely private interest but a complex middle case is I want to be elected. I think I'm a great president. I think I'm the greatest president there ever was, and if I'm not elected, the national interest will suffer greatly.
0: That cannot be. What what be uh, Dershowitz place. was talking about there, Andy, was in, in defense of President Trump, was saying that the president's best interests are aligned with the country's best interests. they
6: for whatever is best for the president is
0: best for the country. Am I reading that correctly?
6: Uh, well, that's certainly what it sounded like. What What's interesting is that it uh, kind of harkens back to when Richard Nixon said, if the president does it, it's not illegal. That was a famous quote that he had uh, made uh, after uh, his impeachment uh, inquiry, and he had quit, and I think it was in the uh, Nixon Frost tapes. So uh, that's a, certainly a unique argument that the president uniquely thinks that w- him being president is in the national interest, and so he can ask a foreign country to investigate a rival uh, political opponent in order to win the re-election. Now, of course, Democrats say that's not only not legal, it violates uh, laws in the United States against getting uh, foreign help in a, in a federal election. Uh, but also that it's an abuse of power, and that's one of the reasons that they filed these impeachment charges against him.
0: Andy Field, ABC News, joining us live from Washington, D.C. If you have questions for Andy about today's uh, movements on the impeachment trial, you can call 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. Did the Democrats jump on that on that Dershowitz kind of moving of the goalposts
6: uh, today? Uh, they did, but, you know, it, it was— uh really pretty polite back and forth. It wasn't that kind of vitriol we saw the first night when they were trying to change or or get some of the rules changed and get those witnesses in. Uh, They were, you know, if it pleased the court and Mr. Chief Justice, uh, but both sides were pretty strong about this. One of the things that was hard for the president's team, and I thought this was interesting, uh, Patrick Philbin had said uh, at one point, uh, the question from the Democrats was, uh, well, if the president was so interested in corruption and with the Bidens and was so worried about this, why had it never come up before this phone call, and why had it never come up before the president knew that uh, Joe Biden was going to run for office, and the president's attorneys couldn't point to a single public utterance of the president's where, he, where the president where he'd ever brought that up before. Uh, he knew that Joe Biden was running for office.
0: No, nothing brought up prior to 2019 uh, when the Biden candidacy was official. Interesting. Uh, Andy Fields joining us from ABC News. You mentioned uh, the possibility of witnesses. Here's Senator Mitt Romney earlier today. I don't know where the senators are, uh, but I know where I am. I'd like to hear from John Bolton because I think there are questions that I have that he could answer. Where, where are we moving uh, or are we seeing any movement on the possibility of witnesses called in this trial?
6: Well, uh, uh, Gardner, uh, Senator Gardner of Colorado, was one of those fence sitters, and he has already come out and said, "I don't need to hear anymore. I've heard enough." Uh, so that brings us down to the uh, four basic fence sitters, which is uh, a Senator from Maine uh, Collins, uh, uh, Collins, Mitt Romney, uh, Lamar Alexander, and there's one other Murkowski, morning, in, and, uh, and Senator Murkowski. Yeah. Sorry, there's it, it, a lot of there's a lot of chess players to keep a keep, <laughs> indeed keep in your head. And those are the uh, four, and really the only four, that they need in order to get witnesses. But even if they vote to have witnesses, it doesn't mean they're going to have them. Mm -hmm. Because the president has already promised a big, knockdown, dragged-out legal fight, which could take weeks, months, even the rest of the year in the uh, courts. Or the Supreme Court justice could decide it right there and then. Uh, We're really in uncharted territory here.
0: The president, so, uh, none too kind today on Twitter to Ambassador Bolton. Does, does no, that lead you to believe anything on the way that uh, they really don't want this guy on the Senate floor testifying?
6: Well, it's interesting. The president has this pattern of uh, announcing people are the best people he's ever hired, including John Bolton, at the time that he brought him in. And now uh, John Bolton uh, would have, uh, according to the president on Twitter, started World War Six if he hadn't st- stopped him. Uh, so it's interesting, uh, the attacks here. Now, Lindsey Graham, one of the president's biggest defenders in the Senate, has said that it's not helpful to keep attacking John Bolton because all it's going to do is make more senators want to hear from him.
0: Indeed. Uh, Andy Field in uh, the nation's capital from ABC News on the Mark Arab Show, 404 872 8255 If you have any questions about today's proceedings or the impeachment trial in general, uh, Tony joins us on the show. Tony, what's your question for Andy?
4: Uh, Andy, in honor, um, follow you for quite a while. My question for you is: uh, since you have been following these proceedings, who on Trump's defense team has been the best? Was it Dershowish, Panda, Bondi, um, et cetera, et cetera? You know, I would really like your opinion on that. I think I think there's two
0: questions. Listen. Great question, Tony. So I have. To, I'm going to make this two questions, Andy. Who has performed the best in your opinion, and who do you think has performed the best in the president's opinion?
6: Well, I think uh, the answer to both those questions is Jay Sekulow. I think Jay Seculo has been the president's strongest advocate. Uh, he's presented the case uh, probably more forcefully than anyone else, but then again, he's a trial lawyer. He's someone who has uh, done these kind of cases before and argued, I think, in front of the Supreme Court as well. He's a, a very strong public speaker. Uh, Pat Cipollone uh, is very mild-mannered, soft-spoken, but he's made his case there. Uh, Pam Bondi seems to have focused only uh, exclusively on the Bidens and trying to uh, put, as we call it, as much stink on the Bidens as possible. And certainly uh, just by putting accusations out there is, is often enough for most people to say, hmm, I wonder about Joe Biden. So whether they did anything... Uh, may be irrelevant here as long as they can put some doubt in the voters' mind.
0: Speaking of uh, irrelevancy, Tom wants to know uh, what question, Tom, for Andy Field? So the only purpose of these proceedings is to determine whether the president's going to be removed. Republicans can meet real quick and find out
1: that's not going to happen. Why are we continuing? If it's a baseball game and Freddie Freeman hit three or four home runs already, but the Braves are ahead going into the bottom of the ninth inning, they don't play at the
2: bottom of the ninth inning, even if seventy-five percent of the fans say we should keep going. Uh, that's just—it's
0: just the 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 lay of the land constitutionally, right, Andy? I mean, uh, they have yeah, to do what's yeah, you're, laid out. You're
6: saying, they, you're saying both sides are trying to run up the score. I think only the Democrats are trying to run up the score in this case. Uh, well, well like, it, like in baseball, you need to have five innings for an official
0: game. So I think we haven't we haven't hit that five-inning mark, even though we're getting deeper into the contest.
6: You know, I, I, if you want to keep the baseball analogy, this is like the bases are loaded, it's the bottom of the ninth, the score is tied, and all you have to do is have someone tap a bunt to get that last run in and win the game. And that is what the Democrats are hoping for. They're, the procedures and the way the rules are set, they have the questions set up uh, for 16 hours of questions. I'm not sure they're going to take that much. And then they have the vote on the vote, which is bizarre, and that's how the rules are set up. They have to vote to say, do you want to vote on whether you want to vote on having witnesses? So they have that vote first. Then they'll have the second vote, which is likely to pass if the first one passes. If it doesn't, well, then the trial's over, essentially, here, because all you have to do is count noses in the Senate, and the president is not going to get 67 votes to kick him out of office.
0: Andy Field for ABC News, joining us from the nation's capital and the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Can you hang on one more second, Andy? Sure. All right, Andy's going to hang on, answer a couple of quick questions. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, our law professor and legal analyst, Ron Carlson, will give his legal expertise on today's proceedings. 404-872-0750 800 972 It's Mark Aram, the Cox Media Group Radio Network.
6: Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk.
0: Mark Aaron broadcasting live in Atlanta with our impeachment trial recap. Just surfing Twitter, President Trump tweeted out this video a little over an hour ago. It is from August and it is Ambassador Bolton on Radio Free Europe. Listen to this. I will be meeting President Zelensky. Uh, he and President
2: Trump have already spoken twice. Uh, uh, president called to congratulate President Zelensky on his election and then on his success in the parliamentary election they were very warm and cordial calls uh, we're hoping that uh, they'll be able to meet in Warsaw and have a few minutes together uh, because the success of Ukraine uh, maintaining its freedom uh, its system of representative government uh, a free market economy free of corruption uh, and dealing with the problems of the Donbass and the Crimea are Uh, High priorities here, obviously, but high priorities for the United States as well.
0: President Trump tweeted that video with game over exclamation point as the headline. Andy Field joins us back live from the nation's capital from
6: ABC News. Game over? Question mark, Andy? Well, that's uh, (laughs) what the president hopes. Uh, I don't know that that's going to be the case. You know, again, the president has the confidence that no matter what happens, even if those witnesses come out, and he certainly doesn't want that to happen, he's going to fight it, that it's going to be almost impossible to get 67 votes. That means every Democrat and at least a dozen more uh, Republicans Mm -hmm. to say, just as they did during Richard Nixon's impeachment, that there is something that just came up that is so awful that you have to be removed from office, which is why Richard Nixon resigned instead of facing the impeachment trial because he knew that was going to happen. The, the, the
0: tides and- turn, but it doesn't appear that the tides will turn. I, I just want to get a couple of questions on real quick before uh, we let you go, Andy. Rhonda, what's your question for Andy Field?
3: Two-part question real quick because I drive a semi. I don't hear what all has happened. Mr. Bolton is supposed to have written a book that's coming out in March, how is that going to affect the uh, election in November and did he testify and if he did and then something comes out in his book, could that possibly uh, cause him to be charged with perjury?
6: Oh, John Bolton to be charged with perjury? I'm, yeah, I'm I- not sure. Well, he hasn't testified yet, so uh, there's nothing to perjure himself on, uh, but the book was uh, sent to the White House for review because he was a national security Advisor. And they are concerned about uh, releasing uh, national security secrets here. And, and they've already sent a letter to his attorney saying there are some secrets in there you got to take out of the book. Now, they haven't specified exactly what that is. But since even the president's attorneys are talking about what uh, Bolton said, uh, certainly the president can't now claim privilege or say that's secret.
0: We shall see. Andy Field, ABC Radio News. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Field Vision. Andy, very insightful stuff. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me. Anytime. When we come back after news, legal analyst, law professor Ron Carlson will join us, plus your calls about today's impeachment trial. The Q&A section of the impeachment trial, 404 872 Mark Aram, live on the Cox Media Group Radio Network.
2: The Journal of Proceedings of the trial are approved to date, without objection so ordered.
6: This is continuing coverage of the President's impeachment trial in the Senate.
4: Today the
2: Senate will conduct up to eight hours questions to the parties
1: delivered in writing to the Chief Justice. Here's Mark Aaron.
0: Welcome back to the show on a Wednesday Eve. Mark Aaron broadcasting live in Atlanta, Georgia. And an impeachment trial recap coverage continues. Knowing full well you probably couldn't watch or listen to the whole impeachment trial. The question and answer edition of the impeachment trial today. So that's why we're here every night to get you caught up to date. What did you miss today? Yeah. I'm Jamie Dupree in Washington. In questions which have mainly given each side the ability to argue their case, Democrats have called for the Senate to hear from witnesses. Let's call John Bolton. Let's call Mick Mulvaney. While Let's the White House legal team said any effort to bring in John Bolton to testify would be challenged in court. To suggest that the National Security
1: Advisor, well, we'll just subpoena him, he'll come in and that'll be easy, there won't be any problem.
0: That's not the way it would work. This question and answer session will go through tomorrow with votes on witnesses expected on Friday. Jamie Dupree in the nation's capital joining us on the program once again, our legal expert, law professor and good friend, Ron Carlson. Ron, how are you, sir? Oh, i gotta, I got to punch him up, Longoria. I'm sorry. That's my yeah, that bad, nice. Ron. Hello, Ron. How are you, man? <laughs>
2: Good, Mark. I always appreciate your enthusiasm for the issues involved in this case, so it's always great to be with you.
0: I love covering history. That's the one thing in my radio career, whether it's presidential elections, impeachment, uh, severe weather, whatever the breaking news is, whatever is historical, I enjoy covering it. And, uh, you know, we've gotten through the— the muck of the, uh, the opening statements. Today started the question and answer period. What have we learned today, if anything, during that Q&A portion, Ron?
2: Well, I've been impressed, Mark. Uh, we've had some excellent questions asked on issues, Mark. The first one I'm going to mention, that have not been resolved in the 200 years that we've had these impeachments from time to time. And that's the issue of exactly what's the burden of proof on the House, to prosecute a president in the Senate. Now, the the Democrats took the position, well, that's preponderance of the evidence. That's the civil standard. That's 50.1% of the proof carries the day. The Republicans say, oh, no, no, no. The way the Constitution is written, it's cast in terms of a criminal trial. You have to prove President Trump guilty beyond a reasonable doubt uh section 4 of the constitution mark says president vice president and all civil officers of the us shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of and then the enumerated crimes so it looks like the Republicans probably have a, a bit of an edge on that constitutional issue.
0: Legal analyst Ron Carlson joining us on The Mark Aram Show. Your questions for Ron on the legal side of today's impeachment hearing and in general, uh, 404-872-0750, uh, Longoria, let's go live to the Senate floor right now. Uh, this is Patrick Philbin, Deputy Counsel to the President.
1: President, president Trump raised this in the July 25th call. President Zelensky recognized that this related to corruption, and he said the issue of the investigation of the case, and he's referring to the case of Burisma, is actually the issue of making sure to restore the honesty so we will take care of that.
0: The question asked was, does the evidence show an investigation into Burisma is in the national interest? We talked last half hour uh, about uh, Alan Dershowitz uh, said something I think might be controversial, saying that if if the president feels it's the nation's good, then that's all that matters, uh, Ron. Did, did that stick out for you at all, the Dershowitz comments?
2: He did, and that tied into another question about what if the president had mixed intent partially to help his uh, election and partially the national interest. And the Republican answer on that, Mark, was, well, the uh, national interest uh, that is advanced by uh, the president's moves, that, that carries the day. Now, uh, our speaker, who's uh, on the floor now, mentioned uh, Barisma. Mark, it's remarkable how uh, the names Hunter Biden and Burisma, were obscure from the public for so long, and now in the last 10 days they've become household names. Uh, the Democrats say that uh, Hunter Biden has been not proved to have done anything wrong. I think that's correct. But the optics of the situation remain worrisome when Joe Biden is in charge of Ukraine policy and Hunter is drawing 83000 a month from the ukraine company
0: this is chuck schumer earlier today talking about hunter biden and his relevancy to this the republicans could call hunter biden today they have the votes trump and mcconnell could call for hunter biden today they don't want to they know it would turn things into a circus so do you think uh do you think that uh, charles schumer the minority senator leader is, is correct there that they they could call him, but they they don't want to because they know that will that will the optics of that would be bad.
2: Well, that's hard to say, but uh, you know you wonder, Mark, how a a, a very experienced uh, and uh, tr- uh, travel worthy politician like Joe Biden, uh, who's been successful, uh, would permit that particular situation with his son getting the big dough from Burisma to to happen while he's in charge of. Uh, Ukraine policy, uh, you just know that's going to come up uh, in, a, in a fairly bad light.
0: No doubt. All right, let's take some questions for uh, legal analyst Ron Carlson here on the Mark Aram Show. Bill joins us on the program. Bill, what's your question, my friend? Hey, Mark.
4: Um, I just, you know, it's a quandary. I've spent um, uh, the last 20 years, I've spent six years in Ukraine. It's the absolute most corruption place I've ever even imagined in my life. And the, I was there when the poo hit the fan, mm-hmm. you know, Obama promised, you know, give us your nuclear arms and on and on and on and we'll protect you. And Putin just came in and nothing, I mean, I've been through, I've, I've been, my girlfriend is in Donbass. We've been dating for 17 years and it's a, it's a absolute complete joke. I understand. What, what's your question?
0: What's your question though, Bill?
4: My question is, is how come the House can impose an impeachment, there's been absolutely no disclosure in any way, shape, or form? That's it. Just simple. No disclosure. They have all these witnesses and, you know, the alleged, you know—
0: Okay, all right. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Do you have an answer for, for him there, Ron?
4: Well one thought, uh
2: interesting we have a man who called in who has first hand experience with the uh country. Uh clearly the most critical form of aid to Ukraine was the supplying of the uh, javelin anti tank mm-hmm. missiles to stop Russian tanks. Uh the questioning today brought out the fact that Obama administration did not send those javelins. It was President Trump who authorized them and that was relevant to whether or not uh, the Ukraine had been handicapped or hindered by the Trump administration.
0: Interesting. Uh, Bob joins us next on the Mark Aram show. Bob, what's your question, buddy?
4: My question, uh, Mark, is this the president asking the Ukraine minister to investigate, was that illegal or not illegal? Because the way you hear the people analogize that question is as if the question itself. Was it illegal? Was it illegal for him to ask,
2: or that's, was it not illegal?
0: That's a great question. I don't know if, Ron, do we have a definitive answer. I, I guess it, it depends on all an in intent, right?
2: Right, and uh, somewhat, uh, Mark, the eye of the beholder. Uh, the Democrat side is going to say that was a very improper question, improper to the point that it amounts to uh, bribery, treason, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. The uh, Republican side is going to take the position that that's, uh, that's an appropriate question and uh, that's going to be resolved by the vote of the Senate.
0: What, what we do know, Bob, is that, and this is, I, I forgot the agency that came out and, and clarified this, the withholding of the funds was illegal. Like, the president did not have that within his scope of power to withhold the congressionally approved funds. That we know is illegal. The question was... Asking uh, a foreign government to investigate a potential political rival, is that an illegal ask?
2: And that's that's an accurate summary of where the issue stands. Uh, Mark, it's very interesting. The first question today came from Senator Susan Collins on behalf of her, Senator Murkowski, and Mitt Romney. It suggests to me that uh, those three senators are acting in unison and probably when we get to the crucial vote on Friday, they will be in uh, lockstep on that issue.
0: Darius joins us next on the program. Hello, Darius. What's going on?
2: Hey, how you doing? I got a question because I keep hearing about how Trump was so much better for Ukraine than Obama, but that's policy differential, which has nothing to do with impeachment. So I don't even
1: know why the senators keep bringing that up. But also what I want to know is, what Biden what people like to accuse him Biden of doing about his son and whatnot
2: doesn't that happen every day Where people hire because of who you know and not what you know so what was what's so illegal even if Biden's son was hired in Ukraine because of who his dad was I mean like to me I'm just like that happened every day that that you know sure
0: um so that that's an interesting point um did did anything go uh was anything illegal with the bidens and hunter biden uh that can all be prosecuted by the justice department if they want to go after that they can uh i do think it's a valid point you know i I don't know about in the law profession but in the radio profession and tv profession sometimes people get hired because who their parents are or who they know uh but it's it might be a little different scope when we're talking about uh international policy ron that that might be a different that's
2: right and and as we know mark there are things that are maybe improper but not necessarily illegal, and I don't see this amounting to a crime as such.
0: All 872 uh, Ron, we've got about a minute before the break. Uh, we want to know the possibility of the witnesses being called. Do you think we'll get an answer on that question shortly, and, and what would that answer be?
2: The future looks like this, Mark. We'll have more questioning from the senators tomorrow, probably a relatively full day of them. And then uh, on Friday, we'll get into the crucial vote on the witnesses. So that'll be resolved. Then right around the corner from that, the Iowa caucuses.
0: Which is very important to a number of uh, Democratic senators who uh, – Senators Biden or Senator Sanders – Senators Warren, Klobuchar, they they are very anxious to get back onto the uh, campaign trail for the caucuses. But that's in direct opposition to what the Democrats want to do and, and make sure that the witnesses get called. So we'll see how that give and take uh, continues throughout the uh, the impeachment trial. We'll come back one more segment of your questions for our legal analyst, Ron Carlson, 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, if you have any comments or questions, at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. We'll continue after this quick break. It's the Cox Media Group radio network. Mark Aram on
1: 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. If President
2: Trump had more than one motive for his alleged conduct, such as the pursuit of personal political advantage, rooting out corruption, and the promotion of national interests, how should the Senate consider more than one motive in its assessment
1: of Article 1?
0: That was the uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts reading the first question from Republican Senator Susan Collins. Uh, for the president's legal team today during the uh, the legal portion, the Q&A portion of the impeachment trial. Mark Aaron back with you live in Atlanta with uh, law professor and legal analyst Ron Carlson wrapping up our impeachment trial recap coverage. Uh, Robert joins us on the program. Robert, what's your question, my friend?
4: Hey, Ron, I've been told that the president of the United States is legally allowed to withhold funds up until the fiscal year in which case he then has to surrender if that is the case then uh the whole thing um um is I, moot
0: is to, moot what
4: that... I, uh, is that correct well presidents
2: have paused or delayed sending out the funds that's happened many many times in the past i think in this case the issue is going to be did the pause actually harm the defense of the ukraine and we know what the positions of the parties are on that uh... so that'll be the key issue as it pertains to the delay in sending out those funds
4: so the defense would be no because obama didn't do anything so didn't do any more damage than what obama did I think that'll be the position.
0: Would that be pertinent, though, Ron? I mean, things are are definitely different with the with the Russian Ukraine conflict now than they were, say, five six years ago. Is, is that? Oh
2: yes, I think the more current the situation is, the more relevant it is. And I think the questions uh, from the senators in our current proceeding uh, are going to get sharper and more focused as we go along. We did have some softball questions today. I will welcome some robust cross-examination uh to each side. Questions marked like this, who's the whistleblower and why are you hiding him to the house side and to the Republicans? What are you so afraid of from John Bolton?
0: Yeah, if 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 you true, that, that those are two excellent points. Um I think the the both valid as well. One is the whistleblower, bring them in here and let's hear from them firsthand. And on the other side of the coin is uh, if you if you are totally Not guilty. What do you what are you worried about that your inner circle comes in and testifies real quick, uh, Ron? This is Adam Schiff uh, from the Democrats earlier today talking about John Bolton. Don't wait for the book. Don't wait to March 17th when it is in black and white. To find out the answer to your question, we will answer your questions tomorrow night again at this very same time on your local channel on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. As always, much thanks to you, Ron Carlson. We will catch up as the legal proceedings continue, my friend.
2: You bet, Mark. Great to be with you. And I like the good questions we got from our audience tonight.
0: Absolutely. Keep them coming tomorrow night, folks. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, We can conversate online on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. This has been a presentation of the Cox Media Group Radio Network.